Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to We Are Not Cattle Radio. It is January 10th, 2013. I'm your host, Jake Counts. Might have my friend Daryl popping in later to uh, to give his thoughts, but um, thanks for joining me today. Um, thanks for sharing the message of the broadcast. I can see from all my feeds and everything that looks like the readership or the listenership, excuse me, is um, growing larger and larger. And once again, we're in a fight for civil liberties here. We're in a fight for what we believe, being we the people, that we don't need to have you guys in Washington dictate to us how we need to run our lives. I mean, from the looks of it, most of you can't even manage your lives, so how do you guys get to dictate how we get to run ours? So the premise of the show tonight is I wanted to get into some gun control. Now... I had a nice debate with my friend the other day, and it was um, – and he he's a very, um, I guess, anti – I wouldn't call him an anti-gunner. He just doesn't – he doesn't want to own a firearm. He says that he'll just, you know, let it, you know, play out in the hands of God, I guess. If it's, you know, one of those things that's unfortunate that he gets killed by a guy in an assault, then so be it. I take the other perspective and say, well, I just want a fighting chance. And as I've said on the show before, I think that that's all a firearm really is, is a fighting chance in a really bad situation. Take, for instance, what happened here in my own my own state of Georgia, where this woman got her house broken into by a man, hit her children in the closet, she herself hid in the closet. The guy was coming to get her, and she ends up shooting the intruder. That intruder was not there to just steal stuff. He was there to do damage to her and her family. And then once again, it's just a chance in a really bad situation. That's all it is. So my perspective on firearms, do I think that we should all have assault weapons? No, who cares really? Do I think we should all have high-capacity magazines? I really don't think it matters there either. Because one thing that, that always gets overlooked is that criminals that are already – not obeying the law anyway, don't care if you outlaw guns, don't care if you outlaw magazines. The only thing that an assault weapons ban would do would be create a black market, much like you have now, with the drugs. Now, I'm one of those, I guess, libertarian people that believe that the government should have, shouldn't have a, a very broad spectrum of what I can and can't put in my body. I think that, that at the end of the day, it should be up to me as a personal choice, me being the sovereign, much like our country was founded on. Remember, government of the people, by the people, for the people. Remember, we appoint these people to represent us. They like to call themselves officials, so it gives them a title, and it lets you think that you cannot live your life without them. It was funny, I had a really nice conversation with my mom before I came on air. 
And she understands where I'm coming from because it's it gets to the point of lunacy where the government has gotten so large in our case in the United States. That's why you see all this hokey pokey stuff with the debt ceiling and the fiscal cliff, knowing good and well knowing good and well that we can just borrow more money from the Federal Reserve. So they play games with the American public to make themselves appear as if that we need them. And I'm not calling for total anarchy, but I am calling for limited government. I'm calling for, I'm going to say it, term limits. How about that for a novel concept? How about that? How about you guys go back to doing this as a representative, as a civic duty, and just doing it over the summer for a couple of months? But oh no. Oh no, there's way too much for us to get accomplished. We can't just convene for a couple months and get everything that we have to get through through. And then you have the special interests. Now, Jake, what would term limits do? Well, Term limits would definitely – it would change the paradigm for one thing. Number two, it would would get the special interest out in the open because now you can't buy off the same politician for 10, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever. Now you got to go back to the well and you got to go out there and lobby and do all this other stuff. And and what it will do is it will eventually fizzle out those special interests. So Ron Paul was on a talk show, and I cannot remember the gentleman's name, but I got an audio clip here from him, so forgive me. I'll give you credit on the backside. I'll go find um, the show that I pulled it from. But the gentleman was on, on target, and he asked him the question. This is much like I get in the debate with my friends about. Oh, it's Obama this, it's Obama that. Yeah, it's it's partially him. But at the end of the day, we all know that the special interests are the ones that are pulling the strings. And if you don't know that, hey, guess what? I just woke you up to what's really going on in our country. Yeah, your government doesn't run squadoosh, by the way. The special interests run pretty much everything. Why do you think Dr. Ron Paul was given the nickname Dr. No? Because any time that there was a tax increase, anything unconstitutional, he would vote no. And then you would have the special interest groups of either side of the aisle voting for or against, just depending on what the, I guess, group agenda was. But what you're finding now is the group agenda is now a collective agenda. So it's not right or left. It's not Democrat or Republican anymore. It's establishment. It's establishment. It's big business. And much like I said before, the New World Order is not a conspiracy theory. It is global governance without you having a say. And then Ron Paul talks about that here in this little two-minute segment that I'm going to play. Because I want to touch on this first, because if you don't understand this, then the larger picture of guns will not make sense to you. Because what this is all about, at the end of the day, everyone, it is all about control. And who has control? Well, it's typically... You know, control and political influence grows out of a barrel of a gun. Mao said that. Political influence or political power grows out of a barrel of the gun. So if you do the reverse engineering, if you disarm the population, then they have no political power. The only thing that we can do is do like what Egypt did and line up and get you know machine gunned by a big 50 caliber. 
I mean, that's all we can do. We can stand up and protest and get mowed down. Do you guys want that? Because don't just think that because we've got the red, white, and blue and the stripes and the and the stars and all that stuff that we're the same government that we wore that we were back in 1776. We're vastly different. Look at the way society has changed. Look at the way that our culture has changed here. Nobody points to the serotonin reuptake inhibitors or any of these other psychotropic drugs that these guys are on that do these mass shootings. It's always the gun that does it. Now, granted, if the guy went in there, could he do the same thing with a pistol? Yeah, maybe not kill as many kids, but then reverse engineer it this way. What if the guy got a hold of the anarchist cookbook and went in and made a bomb and blew himself up and blew the whole school up? Crazy people are going to do crazy things, no matter if you take all the guns away, take knives, hammers, rocks, papers, scissors, whatever. Take all that stuff away, people are still going to do crazy stuff. You know, so here's Ron Paul on the establishment basically talking and speaking to the point that I try to speak to so much is that it's not so much Obama or Romney. That doesn't really matter. There's just too much money involved now. There's too many agendas going on. And the parallel agenda, guess what, guys, is power. They don't give a flying rip about you. They see you as gasoline. I bet you as an American or you as wherever you're living from, when you drive into a a gas station and you pump that gas, you don't care where that gas comes from. You just know that there's gas in the tank and that you're going to get gas in your car and then you're going to be able to go on your way. Never mind how the gas was refined, never mind who it came from. So the taxes and stuff like that, they don't care about you. They don't care about raising taxes on you. They don't care about any of that stuff because they're getting the money, and then they get to further their little plan, and they get to get up there and play patty cake with one another and pretend like they're doing something when they're not. So without delay, here is the Ron Paul clip, and then after that I will um, pick up on the backside with the gun debate. If you guys have anybody listening out there, if you guys want to call in 602-753-1916 to weigh in on the gun stuff, um, next week on the show, I'm either going to have one of two guests. It's either going to be um, the guy that woke me up to all of the craziness and snapped me out of my political coma, or hopefully in the near future, we will be able to get the leader of the Stop the NDAA movement on the broadcast here um, we're doing a conference call this weekend, and hopefully I will be able to get him scheduled for an upcoming date, so look for that in the future. So here is the, the Ron Paul clip on Mitt Romney and the establishment, and then that will give you guys the foundation to understand where I'm going to go with this gun control debate. Lost. Oh, I don't think better off. Uh, I, You know, you could make the case for either way. And I sort of come down on it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Uh, there's a different flavor, and I know uh, generally how, how you feel and how I feel generally and a lot of people in your, that listen to you feel you know, about our current president. But the current president hasn't really changed foreign policy. He doesn't change monetary policy from the, from the Republicans. He doesn't change the welfare system. He might be more aggressive on it, and Republicans will talk about cutting back. But the system is ingrained with interventionism, intervene in our personal lives, intervene in the economy, intervene in the affairs of other nations. And Republicans and Democrats, although they, they have strong rhetoric and they seem to be fighting and all, I think a lot of – there are some people, you know, I think there are some very powerful, wealthy people uh, that are global in nature. 
that really didn't care that much. Uh, I think their interests would be protected, you know, with either president. So uh, I, I don't think that we're better off or worse off. I think we're only going to be better off if we change the direction of our country by changing our attitude, what the role of government ought to be, and nobody seems to want to ask the precise question, what should the role of government be? This is what the founders asked, and they tried to describe what the role of government should be in the Constitution. But today the role of government for you know, 90% of the people in government is always you know, uh, run the nanny state, have a welfare system, print the money when you need it. Deficits don't matter that much. We have an obligation to be involved in other countries and that we, if we don't like somebody, we send them a drone missile over there and kill them even if we kill a bunch of kids. And both sides have been doing that. So uh, I, I, I just think that we have to ask that precise question, what should the role of government be? Exactly. It's exactly what our forefathers thought. They sat there, and they came from an oppressive regime. So they sat there, and they said, well, do we want to have central planning, a.k.a. communism, Russia, those types of things? Or do you want to have a, basically a free market system? Let the market dictate. Let the people dictate what kind of laws they want. So the concept was there. The blueprint was there. The Constitution, Bill of Rights. Just because somebody strokes a pen over a piece of paper doesn't take those rights away from you. doesn't matter. Those are inalienable rights. Those are given to you by your creator, whomever you believe that to be. If you believe it to be the universe, your parents, Jesus Christ, whomever, the god Ra, if you're you know an ancient Egyptian, it doesn't matter. You were born with those rights as a human to protect yourself, those types of things. And that's why they had the Second Amendment. So, getting back to what I was talking about before. <clears throat> My friend and I had an open discussion over firearms. His brother's a cop. I was discussing to him my reasons for having firearms. And my reasons are... I want to be able to have a chance to protect myself or my family or somebody else, another civilian. Remember, at the end of the day, people, even though they wear nice uniforms and they have badges, policemen are people. They're humans. You and I. They're just like us. They're, they're sworn into civic duty so that they have the authority to go out and arrest people. You can arrest people. It's called a citizen's arrest. You can do it. That's why you're allowed to carry a firearm after you go through all the steps. Here in Georgia, you, you can do um, a carry and conceal permit, which I'm going to do, which means that I have to register and get thumbprinted, and then I can carry a firearm in public, in the majority of public places. Why would I ever want to do that? Because if I ever run into an incident where somebody is going berserk – I want to be able to not only protect myself, but protect my other citizens. That's your civic duty. And that's where we fall short. Guns are scary. Guns make loud noises. Guns kill people. And that's where it gets a little blurry. Most people that are afraid of guns have never operated a firearm in their life. 
And I'm not knocking that. If you don't want to, that's fine. You don't have to. But don't take away my rights because you don't want to. Just because I don't want to drink alcohol or something like that doesn't mean that I get to take away your right for alcohol like they did in Prohibition. And then what did that do? Created a giant black market in gangs and mafia and all kinds of terribleness to the point where 12 years later they said, we got to get rid of this. This is ridiculous. Too many people are dying over nothing. Now, I know that you're going to use the argument that, Jake, you know, a lot of humans die from gunfire. Well, yes. People are going to die. That is the way of life. And unfortunately, here in the U.S., we're propagandized so much that we're told that you can escape death. Just take this drug, and it'll make you feel better. Go to our cancer care treatment, and we can make you well. All of a side, everyone. The United States is the only nation in the world that I know of, especially my European friends would tell me about this. Over in Europe, death is expected. But in America, it's like you can always escape. If you just do this, then you'll escape death. Listen, guys, this is a game that nobody's going to win. But at the end of the day, you're going to be judged on everything that you leave behind. And what I'm trying to leave behind is just thought-provoking material. Get you to think, not get you to react, because that's what the television and the media is there for. They're there to get you to react. They're there to get you riled up. That is their job. They are there to promote things. They are there to get you to tune in. Is the death of some intruder as juicy as the death of a bunch of kids? Absolutely not. So why do you think the one story takes precedence over the other? Conspiracy theorists, which means people that don't trust known liars, would say that, well, the media is trying to push an anti-gun agenda. Well, of course. Of course they're trying to push an anti-gun agenda. Remember, because the political power grows out of a barrel of a gun, and if the people have the guns, then the people have the power. Because at the end of the day, we can either call a Continental Congress or something like that, and we can put these guys in checkmate. So it's never going to be like that, as long as you have firearms. And even and the worst thing about it is that I believe that some people think that semi-automatics are rifles. They're not. Anything that you do not have to use a cocking mechanism for is considered semi-automatic. A rapid-fire BB gun would be considered semi-automatic because you don't have to pull back the hammer or do anything else. You can just sit there and point and shoot. Hell, a freaking paintball gun would be considered semi-automatic. So before you get out and spit rhetoric, inform yourself. Is this really what I believe, or am I just repeating things that sound good? So the first clip I want to go to is from Diane Feinstein, who's introducing her legislation. So her legislation calls for a multitude of things. Now, will it be enacted? Here's the problem. Congress is not going to pass that law. It's political suicide if they do, first of all, if they pass any kind of gun legislation. So... 
the fact of the matter is, is nothing's going to happen on that front. Now, what can happen is they can circumvent Congress and do an executive order, which is unconstitutional. But then again, a lot of these things that they're doing are unconstitutional anyway, and the only reason they're doing it is because the public doesn't care enough to say something about it. So at the end of the day, it, once again, it is we the people, and right now we the people are laying down, and we are being steamrolled by a bunch of bureaucrats, guys in suits that talk really well. They tell you one thing, yeah, you know, I'm not going to sign the NDAA. Oh, you know, I did. Oh, I'm not going to secretly arrest citizens. No, put that in there. And the sheep go along with it. And I'm not calling you a sheep. You need to get mad when I call you a sheep because you should be informed enough to know that if people lie to you, especially if they're the ones making the laws, you shouldn't accept that. It was on. Yeah, I'm going to take some of the onus. Yeah, for 29 years, that's my problem. Excuse me, 31 years. I didn't care. Don't go into the ballot box pressing buttons. I did that. Now it's a completely different world. Because I understand through politics and political pressure that the world that I once loved, the nation that I once loved, is slowly being eroded. And folks, we can't just point to the guns. We have to point to the culture. Yeah, we were founded on whiskey and violence. That's the United States. Yippee. But are we there? Are we still there? Can we not have an intellectual debate on this? Can we not look at statistics and look at facts and say, wow, even the FBI's own statistics say that I am more likely to get stabbed with a knife or beaten with a hammer than I am to be killed by a firearm? Can we not do that? At the end of the day, it is always going to be about who has the information. Because I don't want it to be about who's got the guns. I know you don't either. That's a scary, scary prospect. Wow, I might have to go to war with my government? And in America, that is so crazy. I would never advocate any violence towards our government. Never. But at the end of the day, people, you have to realize that just because they're playing sweetsy cakes on television, just because they tell you they're not going to sign a law and they do, doesn't mean that they're in it for your interest. You have to get aggressive. You have to get out there. You have to read. You have to do research. You have to know that what they're telling you are lies. You have to know this. Otherwise, you suffer, your children suffer, and your grandchildren suffer. I mean, how irresponsible is that? And I'm not trying to belittle anyone. I'm trying to explain to you what I went through, how irresponsible I was as a person, as a citizen. Now that I'm informed, it's like I'm this completely different person. I'm completely different to the people I talk to. I'm completely different to the people I'm around. And from now on, if you ever want to get in a political debate with somebody… And they start bringing up, you know, well, I think we should do this. Next thing you should ask, name one of your senators. Name your representative. And if you can't, then just say, all right, next time you want to have any kind of debate with me over anything political, find out who that is first because these are the people you should be talking to, not me. It's great to go around and mouth off and stuff like that. It makes you feel good, right? It makes you feel like you've done something. Well, oh, I showed my friend. 
That's what my friend and I talked about through Facebook. And hopefully he'll listen to this broadcast and he'll and he'll be nodding his head. But you have to have an open discussion. And if you're not open-minded, you're just having an argument. See, at the end of the day, it's about us. It's about the people. It's not about them, the politicians. Screw them. Literally, screw them. We can we can vote them out. It's about you. It's about your ideas. What do you think? What do you believe? You think the government should just be handing out stuff? You think the government should be raising taxes and saying, oh, what a great victory, raising taxes on 77% of the population? And then it just comes out – I think it was today that, that the Democrats are saying, well, we're still – we're going to need more money. We're going to have to raise taxes again. Guys, it's the same freaking playbook that they did in Europe. Stop being chumps. The reason I'm getting mad is that you've got plenty of evidence to support the stuff that I'm telling you. So go read it. Go read it and get mad like me. Be like, no, 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 no. You guys don't get to take any more of my money because some private bank lends my government money and interest and then goes and funds all these wars and then funds the Soviet freaking rebellion against the, against the whites. Come on. I'll buy that crap. Okay, so the Diane Feinstein clip really quick, and this is taking a little bit out of context, and I'll, I'll clarify this, but – Holy monkey, people. Oh. California Senator Dianne Feinstein worked for more than a year to get the assault weapons bill passed in the face of ferocious opposition from the National Rifle Association. She says she got the best she could. If I could have gotten 51 votes in the Senate of the United States for an outright ban, picking up every one of them, Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them all in. I would have done it. I could not do that. The votes weren't here. Yep, and the votes are still not there, Miss Diane, and you know that. And that's why you guys are going to try some shenanigans and circumvent the Constitution in our in our method of governance and and pass an executive order. Now, let's be clear: when people are playing this, they're taking it out of context. I took that portion. Because I want you to get an idea of what they're trying to do. She wasn't talking about all the guns. She was talking about the assault weapons, okay, first of all. Do I care if they take all the assault weapons off? Why do you care if they have them? Granted, they're in a couple of these shootings, okay? Yippee, but once again, as I said before, you could go out and get the anarchist cookbook and blow up a whole freaking building. What are we what are we supposed to do? Just stop selling everything? Baking soda? You can't sell baking soda anymore. You couldn't make a bomb with that. I mean, that's how ludicrous it is, guys. So yeah, assault weapons, it, it's kind of a touch-and-go subject with me. Do I think that you should have a 100-round magazine? Dude, if you're at a shooting range, why not? At your house? Come on. For real, you don't need a 100-round magazine. It's fun to look at. It's cool. Yeah, whatever. What are you what are you going to use it for? Just leave it at the range or something. But to have one in your house, have an assault weapon in your house, I don't see that being a problem. I really don't. High capacity magazines, don't see it being a problem. You get over like 50 bullets, it's like absurd almost. I mean, come on. But I digress. So let's talk about what's really going on here. And what's really going on is agendas. And as I said before, 
I don't feel comfortable with my government giving Homeland Security 1.4 billion rounds of ammo last year. I don't feel comfortable with that. But does that mean that they're going to come after me and start shooting me? I don't know that. It makes me queasy. And here was my theory. And see if you can follow the balancing ball logic. I said it on the last show, so hopefully this will make sense. Now, I understand that you know Obama's handlers and stuff have talked about putting us all in camps, and they have documents for camps and stuff, but let's stay focused here. So if you were President Barack Obama, and you're a smart person, which you are, because you're the freaking president, obviously you're, you're pretty smart, or you got some pretty smart people behind you. Let's say that you know in your second term, if you win the election, that you do want to restrict assault weapons, that you do want to restrict guns in general, if you want to make people register them or whatever. So about two years out, you say, okay, what is a good way for us to deplete the amount of access that the American public can have to bullets? I mean, what good is a gun if you don't have a bullet, correct? So they just say, okay, let's just start purchasing the most common caliber bullets that we can. And they start purchasing all these bullets, hollow point bullets, all of them. You know, 223, you know, 9mm, 40 caliber, you name it. So, of course, it freaks the American public out. It freaked me out for a long time. So you can sit there and say, okay, well, now they're going to come after us. It's, you know, it's it's four bullets for every American, right? Which is what it is. Last tally I saw. Or it's a way to strategically deploy a plan that you probably had for 4 years. Saying, okay, I want to do this in my term. So at 2 years out, let's start you know, let's let's start buying up some ammo. So we can deplete the supply and make this transition a little bit easier to a smaller gun supply. Which, by the way, there's 330,000 guns in circulation. There are three, excuse me, 300 million guns in circulation here in the Americas. So all these people that are saying they're going to come get the guns, dude, they can't. They cannot come get the guns. I mean, stop. Can't happen. They could try it, but not a lot of people would go along with that. I mean, a very small, select few. And those guys would just be like fed to a wood chipper after about two weeks. So I think that's out. But the strategic plan to to purchase all the bullets and stuff like that, I could see that as a very viable solution. Yes, and the NDAA is creepy. Yes, and you know the part about gun owners, libertarians being terrorists is kind of creepy too. But I'm not here to try to creep you out. I'm here to try to get you to research this stuff and formulate your own opinion. So at the end of the day, is it is it plausible for them to do this stuff? Yes. But once again, they're going to do it outside of law, so you don't have to obey it anyway. Once again, just because somebody puts it on a piece of paper doesn't make it right. And just because somebody puts you know signs their name on it and and you have a title behind you – and you and you go get if it's if he signed an executive order 
saying that that we're going to chop up every you know every third black baby that ever enters this world do you think people are going to go along with that probably not i'm trying to pick up um daryl right here so i'm going to go to this clip i'm going to go to this clip hey daryl did i get you yes sir you got me brother well, I was actually just finishing up my point just to kind of, you know, digress a little bit. I was talking about the 1.4 billion bullets and I was giving my theory behind it. If they were if they wanted to do gun confiscation or to rein the guns in, that would be a very strategic way of doing it is taking all the bullets out of circulation first and then, you know, limiting the firearms. But what I do want to play and I want to get your feedback on on the backside is I'm going to play the uh, the Pierce Morgan and Gary Pratt interview, part number one, which is five minutes. And uh, I'm going to play that, and then I want to get your breakdown of what you think all this gun talk is about. And then I'm going to play them on CNN talking about kill, killing Alex Jones and then laughing about it and making kind of a you know shenanigans about it. But that's something you really shouldn't say on television. And then um, you know we'll we'll just kind of uh, run with the show after that. Sound good? Yes, sir. Definitely. All right, so here's the Larry Pratt and Pierce Morgan from last night, everybody. Sorry I didn't set up the clip very well, but as I said, uh, Daryl was popping in, and I don't have a producer. I am the one-man show here. So here's the clip, and then we'll catch it on the backside. Uh, dealing with what civilians have to put up with in the vacuum of somebody being around to protect them. We're on our own, and I don't want to do it with a two-shot Derringer or even that poor Georgia woman's six-shot revolver. I want a real gun to be able to protect myself and my family because it's not just likely to be one uh, roving bad guy. It's likely to be a gang of people. And this is not Marquis to Queensbury. This is the real world where we're going to need sufficient firepower to protect ourselves. Oh, I think, I think you have sufficient firepower, Mr. Pratt, because, of course, you have 300 million guns in circulation. That is why. And I want to read these statistics to you carefully because I heard you this morning talking to uh, Alex Jones who I had on earlier in the week and we'll play some more from him a bit later and you were talking about these figures from Britain and how apparently the gun control in Britain has been a, a fiasco and crime has been through the roof etc etc so I actually dug out the official figures these are the homicide figures from guns in England and Wales by comparison to the United States of America going back to 2003 and I'm going to read these quickly to you uh, because I think they make a point on their own. 2003, gun murders in, in England and Wales, 68. In America, 11,920. In 2004, 73 England and Wales. In America, 11,624. In 2005, 50 in England and Wales. In America, 12,352. And so it goes on about the same levels in both uh, countries. Now, no, no, uh... no, no, let me finish. Here's my point. Every time I hear you say that there is a safer country where you have more guns, my brain takes me back to these figures. Because in Britain, we brought in a, as you know, a handgun and assault weapon ban after what happened at Dunblane, where a very similar number of schoolchildren were murdered with guns. This is the result of what happens when you take a responsible action to respond to an, a massacre beyond any kind of comprehension. Why do you still persist? in trying to persuade Americans that the complete opposite is true. Well, first of all, according to your investiture of the constabulary, the data that you're using for the murder rate in England is a sham. There's a monumental misreporting of what constitutes murder. 
uh, if three people are murdered, it's likely to be counted as one event. What an absolute, and, absolute lie. That is well, an absolute... That's what no, you say you see, when Mr. you Brad, don't know what you're no, talking Mr. about. But Let me I tell you, it doesn't take very long. Mr. Pratt, it doesn't take very long to count 50 data. gun murders. These are your own How government data. How long do you data. think it takes Go tell the, the constabulary of Britain that they're lying. You ask a year. them for an apology, why don't you? So you are telling me that 50 murders a year, 59, these are simply invented statistics. And in fact, the figures in Britain for gun murders are many more times that, yeah? That's, what That's exactly what your own constabulary is saying. Actually, I don't know that you included in your litany the Cumbria murders that occurred uh, well after the gun ban in which 12 people were murdered. Let's I admit, I had to look this. up where Cumbria is, but it happens to be on the west coast of England. Yeah, don't be patronizing. Uh, 50 murders in 2005, 41 in 2009. 39 in 2011. You No, you had 970. I don't know what you're talking about. This is complete nonsense, Mr. Pratt. <laughs> you're, you're from another planet, Mr. Morgan. So you are stating, and that's why you're Mr. having Pratt, trouble living you are in America. Stating, you are telling me on CNN we had how many gun murders last year? 970, and you have a violent crime rate that is the fourth highest of any country Mr. in Pratt, the world. You have just propagated an absolute lie. That well, then go tell the editors. there were 39 tell, gun murders tell, in England and Wales. Go tell the editors of the Telegraph who published just that information two days after our last interview. Mr. Pratt, there were 39 gun murders in England and Wales in 2011. It's You're whistling past the graveyard. No, what you're doing is deliberately lying, deliberately twisting it, so that Americans watching this, who may be tempted to buy in to your ludicrous fear game, rush out tomorrow and buy more weapons and more ammunition. Because you know what? More guns, less gun crime, less gun murders. It is a fallacy. It is based on lies. You've just propagated another lie. You've just said that a figure of 39, the official figures from the British Home Office, 39 gun murders in 2011 in England and Wales. You have added a naught to that and then trebled it. It's outrageous. I'm sure you're going to feel is so much better. You'll feel so much better being defenseless until you need a gun. And then it'll be a little too late to buy your insurance policy. Let's take a break, Mr. Pratt. Let's come back and talk more about this. Uh, try and stick, if you can, to facts and not lies. That would be very helpful. Oh yeah, stick to the facts, right, Daryl? Love it, love it, love it. Hey, love how about how about this? I love how he says gun murders, gun murders. Well, guess what? You guys aren't even allowed to have guns. So let's look at everything else that you guys get killed by. How about knives? How about bats? How about how about when you guys had those nice little riots over there, and none of the gun owners and shop, or excuse me, gun owners, shop owners could protect themselves, and these vigilantes came in and stole everything, and they couldn't protect themselves, and then they got bats and sticks, and then the cops started arresting the shop owners for defending their property. I mean, dude. You want to talk about an effed up society? Why don't you go back there if it's so great and we're so beyond you, Americans? I yeah, mean, I, I, I get I love out of he, here. He pick and chooses his battles. But, you know, it's so typical as, uh, I guess, somebody that works on a news network to always read off a prompter or have a script ready. Because where was all these 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 facts that he's having now when, you know, he when he was talking to Alex Jones? There was no rebuttaling. 
Alex Jones devoured him, but all of a sudden he has all these facts that he's coming up with. But once again, he's only talking about the murders by guns, not all the other crimes that has been committed. And then Larry Pratt tries to bring it up that it's about violent crime. It's a, guns prevent violent crime, and and here's the problem. And I got into a lot of this before, and you know it it really does become a it becomes a double edged sword for gun owners because myself I don't listen. The cops can't protect you, man. I'm sorry, everybody. The cops, I love you guys. A couple of my good friends are cops. You know, one of the guys that I play Xbox with all the time, he's a cop. And I'm sure he'd be the first one to tell you, dude, we can't be everywhere at once. If somebody bre- – listen, Daryl. If somebody – if you and I live on the same street, right, somebody breaks into my house and somebody breaks into your house, we both call the cops at the same time, what's going to happen? I mean, there's going to be a cluster. The cops are going to show up, but it's going to take five, six, seven minutes. It's not like we have cops stationed on every on every corner. So, at my beginning of my show, I talked about how it is a government for the people, by the people, and of the people, right? So the people are in charge. You are in charge of your own destiny. You create your own protection. Don't let somebody else create it for you because here's what happens when you let people create stuff for you. I don't know if you got to see this, but I posted this today, Daryl. I'm going to read this to you, and then I want your comments. This was by a Russian that wrote about, to the American public, do not let them turn your guns – don't turn your guns in. And here's what it says. It'll probably come as a total shock to most Western readers, but at one point, Russia was the most heavily armed societies on Earth. It was, of course, when we were under the under the freedom of the czars. Weapons and swords, spears, pistols, rifles, shotguns were everywhere. People carried them concealed. People carried them holsters, knives. Fighting knives were prominent, and traditional and they were traditional attires. The two press crossing the costumes of not only cross checks, but of various Caucasians. Various armies such as the Poles during the times of trouble or Napoleon or the Germans and even the Tsarist state collapsed under the weight of World War One and the on the Wall Street monies found the Russian lands holding much too hard and taking it and it was no easy walk at the park, but more like a bloodbath. On holding, on holding one of the the face of the extreme, well armed and aggressive populace that was hell bent on exterminating and driving out the aggressors. Now I'm sorry, you got a lot of static in the background. Sorry, that's right. Sorry about that. That's right. And it says so. And here's what happened: is it says. This well-armed population was allowed various white factions to rise up, no matter how disorganized politically and militarily they were in 1918 to wage a civil war against the Reds, which our government publicly funded, by the way, to bring in communism and bring in Lenin into power. So you guys need to know history to understand this because he's making a really great point. It should be noted that many of these armies were armed peasants, villagers, farmers, merchants protecting their own land. And if it were not been for Washington's clandestine support, which he even talks about right there, Washington's clandestine support, meaning sending troops and, and money to them, for the Reds, it would have, history would have gone quite differently. And this is the last paragraph that I'm going to read. Moscow fell, for example, not from the lack of weapons to defend it, but from the lying guile of the Reds. Tens of thousands of Reds took to Moscow and were opposed to only a few hundred officers and cadets and instructors. Even though the battle was fierce and and they incurred heavy losses, however, the city alone at one time lived over 30,000 military officers, both active and retired. 
all of which were issued arms and ammunition, plus tens of thousands of their own citizenry were armed as well. So this is what he's trying to get to. Listen, it doesn't matter how many freaking goons you have. If you have an armed populace, that means that the people are are the final say in whether they're going to give up their land or not or whether they're going to get steamrolled because this happens over and over in history. So the Soviets promised to leave their land and leave them all alone if they did not intervene. And guess what happens? They did not and were asked afterwards to come and register themselves and their weapons, and guess what happened? They were all promptly shot. So understand, people, that when I say that you don't need to turn your guns in, we don't need gun control, it is not about it is not about the the macho-ness or the ramboness about owning a gun. It's about the fact that I'm in control. It's about the fact that I get to make the rules. And if I say that you don't get to come into my house and rape my wife and, and, and kill my dog, then I get to have a gun to say no. But if I don't have a gun, then all I have to do is, is – all I have is calling 911. So I wanted to get your take on this, Gerald. What did you think about the article that I just read here? I mean just hitting history after history after history. But people, you need to, you need to wake up out of this coma and say, listen, listen, the guns aren't the problem. These drugs are the problem. But yeah, 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 you're definitely absolutely right. What we need to do is, as you said, you know, depend on local government, the the citizens, the the, the governing the, the 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 environment. That's right. You know, but yeah, um, but when you know when when they take away our gun rights, we're then dependent on them for their services. But what always come with their services taxation. But they just want control. They want to take away our gun rights so we can't defend ourselves from the training government, which is. Which is what the issue is. They they want control over everything. They and, they want they want to be dependent on that. And that's what I said in, in the very first part of the show. I said that political power grows out of a barrel of a gun, and if the and if the population has the guns, then we have the political power. If if the government has all the guns, then they have the power. And it's like what I talked about before. And guess what happened today, Daryl? A shocker. Oh, we're gonna need more taxes because this is not gonna be enough. To to keep us from you know going over the deficit or whatever whatever the fake phony story is going to be now when we both know that we're in debt to the Fed and all they're going to do is they're going to they're going to try to disarm the population or at least get you to register them and then they're going to raise taxes. Listen, the reason that that governments take guns, guys, is because they're about to do crap that you're not going to like. That's it. It's not that difficult. And I'm not saying this is some kind of Rambo or anything like that. I'm just saying that, look, at the end of the day, I'm the sovereign, okay? I'm the sovereign. I give you the authority to go to Washington and govern me. And if and if I see that you're doing it in a way that I don't agree with, like I said, we can either go to the constitutional or the, you know, the constitutional congress route or we can just go to the straight protest route and say that, you know, we we stop participating. So, go ahead, man. Let me get your take. I I've, I've been ranting. So, Oh no, I I, I, t- I totally agree. But uh, as you said earlier, you know when they take away our guns, that they they can they can do whatever they want to. Look at what how they did the the, the Native Americans. They took away their guns, told them, "Yo, we'll protect y'all. You know, mm-hmm. we got y'all." And then you know, when hey, we'll decide- give you these little areas. Maybe they're going to give us little FEMA camps that we can all go hang out in. See, yeah, the Mexicans were just a little bit wiser than not to give up as much of their land as they did. Or they could have, and you know, give up all their guns. So you know, mm-hmm. they were they rebelled. So that's why they're still here. But right. genocide is real, people. Like government all over has been killing so many people. China, Russia, 
all over Europe, especially the UK. You know, they, they never talk about how they always riot or when the riots when the G20 came over there. So many people were killed, not by guns, but by other weapons. Right. They, they're not going to ban four by fours or, or metal rods or knives or brass knuckles. Mm-mm. You're gonna, you can't, you can't, you can't ban a butter knife. What are you gonna do? Yeah, and that's what I said. Eventually, we're gonna have to start, you know, banning scissors or you know, sticks, stones, anything. Yeah. And, Two picks. And, and 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 I and I equate it to you know people that that are afraid of guns. And here, you know, let's play this really quick because this is a guy that you and I both listen to on the radio, and it's it's about Alex Jones. And yes, I think he did. I think he did two things really well. Number one. He understood what he was about to get into, and he made little quips about what was going on, and the people that are awake started laughing because they knew that he was right. He's like, "Oh, you put your little, you know, you put your little pity piece on in front of me, so no matter what he says, he's going to look like the big bad gun owner that wants to go around and shoot everybody like Yosemite Sam." And then you have on top of that, he plays his little factoids. And then after that, he he just basically lets Alex go off, knowing good and well that they're looking for sound bites to attach it to this crazy look at this crazy conspiracy theorist. You know what I mean? So here is CNN's rebuttal the very next night, and it just shows you the ignorance of whoever this guy is. I guess he's a sports writer for the Daily Beast or whatever. It shows you his ignorance by saying, what do you need a semi-auto for? I mean, much less a pistol. Dude, it's the same freaking thing. Are you retarded? If it takes a magazine, it's a semi-automatic. It's like I said before, a BB gun can be a freaking semi-automatic. A freaking... All right, here is where I get really upset. Do you know that a paintball gun, guys, is considered a semi-automatic weapon? Because you don't have to cock it and you don't have to, you know, there's nothing you got to do. I mean, come on, guys. So here, here is the ignorance, and then I'll let you give your comment because I know you probably have a lot to say about this. Because, be, you know, everybody beware. If myself or Daryl said something like this on my show, as small as my show is, you know, a couple thousand people a week, as small as my show is, I would, dude, I would have cops at my door within a week. You know, so here it is. If I said this about Pierce Morgan, dude, I'd be in shackles and I'd be all over CNN. Look at the terrorists. So here it is. I don't care what the justification is that you are allowed in this country to own a semi-automatic weapon, much less a handgun. But what do you need a semi-automatic weapon for? The only thing I think you need it is Pierce. Challenge Alex Jones to a boxing match. Show up with a semi-automatic that you got legally and pop them. I'd love to see that. <laughs> it's in uniform. <laughs> okay, so uh, go, Daryl. Well, if you want to own a assault rifle, is your American right to own a assault rifle? We're not out there committing crimes. People love guns. Right. This is, Amer- this is America. That's what I said, man. And. And here is what it came down to. Now, I do have – I can see limiting – I don't know if you can agree with me on this or not. I can see limiting like 100-round magazines or something like that. I mean if you're going to get like the Tommy Gun magazine or something like that, limit that to the shooting range or something. Dude, you don't need that in your house. I mean for real. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that is okay. I mean we'll give you that. Let's compromise. You guys can take the high-capacity magazines. Anything over, let's say, you know, 15 rounds, you guys can take that. And and you can have those put in the range, but I mean for real, it, it uh, uh, it's like I had my friend on the show before that's a big gun enthusiast. An assault rifle is no different from another rifle, other than the fact that it's made out of it's not made out of wood, so it can you know hold up in the weather. And 
and and it looks military. That's it. That yeah, is it. Single shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. So let's go to. I'm going to defer to this, and I'm glad I saved this clip for last. This is the the clip from Ben Swan. I don't know if you follow him at all, Daryl, but I follow his work a ton, and he does this show called Reality Check. And um, I'm going to play this. It's about three minutes, and then you and I will both have like a closing comment at the end. And um, we can actually run a little bit over. we got about seven minutes left, but i got a lot of stuff yet to cover. So here's the Ben Swan clip, and he breaks down the entire Alex Jones-Pierce Morgan debate and, and really kind of lays it out there, you know, splitting the difference much like you and I do, Daryl. It's not right. It's not left. It's just facts. So here you go. In reality check. Last night on CNN's Piers Morgan Tonight, Morgan interviewed radio host Alex Jones. And to say it was wild, well, that would be an understatement. Here's just a small clip. Answer this question. How many Why'd guns? you get fired from the Daily how Mirror for putting many, out fake stories? How You're a hatchet many, man of the New World Order. Let's try again. <laughs> how many gun murders were there? Oh, you're going to ban your fist now? In Britain last year. Uh, how many uh, chimpanzees can dance on the head of a pin? Hmm. I already went over those statistics. Do you know the answer? Uh, no, I don't. I've, you said hundreds. It's very low. You said hundreds. Yes. It's actually 35. Well, the point is, you can... Against 11,000. As I said, it was wild. And it got even more wild than that. But we wanted to take a look at some of that exchange. Because the stat that Piers Morgan was continuing to cite, one that Great Britain, which banned guns about 15 years ago, had only 35 gun-related murders in 2011, compared to the United States, which had 11,000. Let's start there, because that number is not correct. According to FBI crime stats for 2011, there were 12,664 homicides in the U.S., of those, 8,583 were caused by firearms. But of those, 400 are listed as justifiable homicide by law enforcement. 260 justifiable homicide by private citizens. On the other hand, it is true that percentage-wise, Britain has a lower gun homicide rate. With a population of 62.6 million, Great Britain saw 59 gun-related homicides for 2011. Still, not the 35 Piers Morgan keeps citing. But that shouldn't be surprising that the gun homicide rate in a country that bans guns would be lower than in a country where guns are not banned. Where the argument falls apart is when you attempt to claim that fewer guns equals less crime. The U.S. has the highest gun ownership rate in the world, an average of 88 guns per 100 people. That puts it first in the world for gun ownership. Yemen is second with 54.8 guns per 100 people. So that means the U.S. has the highest gun murder rate as well, right? Well, no. Honduras, El Salvador, and Jamaica have higher rates. So do 24 other countries. The U.S., despite being number one in gun ownership, is number 28 in gun homicide, with a rate of 2.97 per 100,000 people. Of course, Piers Morgan isn't calling for the U.S. to be more like El Salvador and Honduras. He's calling for us to be more like Great Britain. So what do the numbers look like there? The U.K. has the second highest overall crime rate in the E.U., the U.K. has the fifth highest robbery rate, the fourth highest burglary rate. But more importantly, the E.U. named Britain as the most violent country in the E.U. In the U.K., there are 2,034 violent crimes per 100,000 people. That puts it way ahead of even South Africa with a rate of 1,609 per 100,000. In the United States, we're not even in the top 10. The U.S. has a violent crime rate of 466 crimes per 100,000 residents. So 
And what this means for you is that while people like Morgan insist that the U.S. can learn from Great Britain, well, maybe we can. What we might learn is that violent crime is not the result of a gun or any tool. It is the result of the heart of men and women. So there you go. Once again, oh, no, the facts. Oh, no, not the facts. It's like... It's like he's the crypt keeper, you know? It's like you show him the facts and he's going to go back into the into the coffin or whatever. So, and this is, like you said, Daryl, this is one of mainstream media's little tricks. And it's like I, I told people on the very front end, they're not there to inform you, people. They're there to sell ads and to get you to watch because that's where they make their money. So what do you think about all those statistics that he threw out, Daryl? Uh, as the person just that was sitting next to me just told me, you know, he could have went about this a different way, a different tone of voice because, you know, he's Alex Jones. He's a conspiracy guy like Jesse Ventura. But, you know, facts are facts, you know. America, the, the 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 drug companies in America killing people by poison on medicine. The drones are real. Operation Fast and Furious was real, but you know he didn't really give any feedback on why he really left the UK. You know, but you know these elitists they they run all these mainstream media. So you know they they anytime there's a press conference, who do we always see? Their oh. little, their little buddies, the, the the Fox News, the MSNBCs, the the CNNs, the ABCs. You know they put this message out. They say hey. Go tell these people this is the real deal. Hey, it's on TV. It's on the radio. So, you know, it got to be real because Sean Handy told me. Yeah, that's my buddy. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? To, you want, and I think that Alex did – you know, he couldn't He couldn't do it any better. He was in my, and, you know, and here, Here's my opinion. He couldn't yeah. do it any better because that's just the way that he is. Yeah. I mean he is just – he is a ranting – if somebody challenges – you know, his constitutional right, or he knows that you're an authoritarian, or he knows that there's an agenda behind it. Much like I would, he would get, he gets mad, but he doesn't have the governor that you and I have, where if I was in a political debate like that, I could be able to be upset, like Larry Pratt did, be upset, but yet calm and, and cogent at the same time. Whereas Alex just gets so upset that he can't even. He can't even get his, you know, get his hands around what he wants to say, and and it really just turns into, you know, a cluster. And then they can take sound bites of that, and then put it all over in the mainstream, which we knew was going to happen. But at the end of the day, all it does is it gets it, it gets exposure to what he's talking about, to what you've talked about, what I talk about, and that is about you need to be wary of this one world world government and this takeover. Because that is what we need to be worried about. It's not going to be. It might not be in my my time, Daryl. It might not be. You know, it might not be in our time, but it might be in your kids' time. And that's what you and I are out here trying to stop. It's like, listen, 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 listen. You see what big government does here in the United States. You see what big government does in China. You see what big government does in Russia. What in the hell would make you think that a worldwide big government would be great and loving and just wrap its arms around you and everybody gets a trophy kind of crap? Do you got any other closing comments, Daryl? We're running up against it here, but I don't care if we go a couple minutes over. Guys, if you want to check the uh, the stream of the next, we'll probably go like five minutes over. Guys, if you want to check the stream, go to my website, wearenotcattle.net. It'll post there about 15 minutes after we're done. And uh, be sure to check out my YouTube channel this weekend. I'm going to upload a ton of videos. So 
Daryl, not don't listen to the lady that's talking in our ears, telling us that we're about to go off air or whatever, because we can just continue ranting on. So, give me your take on on why you think that this is such an important issue, and why it's even more important that they're talking about using an executive order to circumvent the Constitution, which wouldn't be Obama's first. It would probably be like his almost one thousandth. I think he's got like over nine hundred executive orders now. But what would what would this mean, and what would this symbolize to the American public? That our president is using his executive power to circumvent Congress, and Congress isn't really saying much about it. Well, for starters, uh, Agenda 21 is real, just like martial law. And, you know, this is just a continuation of the elitist and the dictatorship-like policies, you know. He's a president. He could do whatever he wants, just like what he's doing right now. He's going around Congress. He says, hey, I don't care about you. I'm the president. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to print all the money in the world. I'm going to share with my friends. I'm going to take all away, take away all of your guns. I'm going to continue killing babies and poisoning you and your family. Ha, ha, ha. And they just suck it up because it's on TV, and he dances and sings, and he might blow a kiss at you here and there. And fake just, cries. Yep, and he fake yep. cries. The fake cries and all the, sta- the stage sceneries is – it's horrible. It's horrible. Well, you know, for people like yourself and myself that are that are that see these politicians for who they really are, and they're listen. You know, Eisenhower said it best. He said that you know, any, either if you want to be the president, you're either crazy or you're like a narcissist. You're just you're either insane or you're just a power hungry guy. So. I don't know if Obama is so much a power-hungry guy. I think that he is just one of the best orators and one of the best – You know, if he's got an agenda, it is so well-masked and it is so well-veiled that they have, you know, they have it strategically laid out, and they know that when they drop these little dimes on us and when they drop these little, these little notions, they try to find out what the public is going to say. It's like we're going to try to take this inch and then see what you say, and then we're going to try to take this inch and see what you say. You know, I'm gonna. No, I'm not gonna sign the NDAA. And no, there's no provision in there that says that we can secretly arrest you. And oh well, I am gonna sign it. And oh, there is a provision in there. And by the way, my lawyers told me to put it in there, so I did. So, I mean, it's at the end of the day, I think it's the people's responsibility to stand up and say, you know what, we're not gonna take this anymore. We're not gonna take you guys lying to us and that just being the way it is. I'm so tired of people using that. Well, that's what politicians do. No, it isn't. No. I mean, aren't you tired of that? Don't you, don't you hear that all the time? It's like, well, that's what politicians do. It's like, no, 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 no. You don't get to cop out. You don't get to cop out just so you can have a reason not to go and inform yourself, right? I agree. And when, when if 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 we got if we're gonna blame the politicians, we gotta blame the people for not getting active and taking over their positions. We give them the power. We can take it back. That's Which right. Is, you know, when it comes to Obama, he, he what he always says always sounds good and dandy, but he says one thing and does something completely different. Like he'll he'll scream the the Buffett rule, like mm-hmm. the, the rich need to pay more taxes, but then he'll go behind closed doors and extend the Bush tax cut. Mm-hmm. People need to just stop being misled and just wake up to the lies. Like it's right in front of them. They 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 they've been misled for so long they don't know what to believe in anymore. They need to just accept it, move forward, and make change. And yeah, I, and, I, and I and I love how every year it's like. I, I I ring in the new year with a new type of tyranny or a new type of fraud. I mean, it's, like, it, it's like, oh my God, let's see what these you know jackasses did over the evening. Oh, look, he said he can secretly arrest us if he thinks that we might be a terrorist. Okay, that's pretty cool. 
Oh, what did you guys do? Oh, we solved the debt crisis. We're going to tax 77% of the population. What about the rich? Nothing on the rich. Don't worry about them. Don't. And and the American public just says, okay, well that's just um you know I guess that's just the way it is because you know they are you know they are smart enough to get elected so they must know what they're doing, and then and and I'm reading or excuse me I'm listening to this book um and I highly recommend it to all my audience, it's um by Thomas Sowell and if you guys don't know who Thomas Sowell is, just watch some YouTube videos and and learn you some basic economics and basic civil liberties because the man preaches the truth. He writes an op-ed piece every once in a while in the um, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. But he is um, his book called Basic Economic Theory basically teaches all of this stuff. And if and he saw he talks about how it's amazing how many political leaders that he has met in his tenure that don't understand economics. And that's why Ron Paul makes so much sense. And that's why the politicians, it's like, you know, it's like kind of like the, um, uh, what's a good analogy for it? It's like the, um, man, it's like it's like the gremlins when like the gremlins see like the, um, you know, the first time you ever watch gremlins and they see like the the car pull up and it's got the lights on and they all fall down and stuff like that. Yeah. When Ron Paul starts talking about economics, it's like that's what they all do. They just kind of crumble and go, oh, I don't understand, and that's not what my special interest told me to vote for, so I can't do that. Keynesianism is the way to go. So it's it's really interesting to see how all this stuff is going to play out, and um, I'm really excited. I, I know, are, are you going to be on the call this weekend that We Are Change is doing? Uh, send me the details. I'll definitely be there. Yes, brother. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be great. We're going to have a conference call with the guy from the uh, Stop the NDAA. So we are going to really start to try to join forces here with all these other civil liberty groups. And guys, do this in your local town. Start a group. Start a blog. Do what I did. Start a talk radio show. Who cares? Yeah. The only way that we're going to be able to get this stuff out is by multiple people stepping up. Now, listen, my format, I don't know if it's the greatest in the world. I don't know if I'm if I'm a news show or if I'm a if I'm a civil liberty show, if I'm a current events show. Most of the time it just turns into me talking about things that are on my mind, but at the end of the day, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be having conversations because the only way that we're going to be able to get through this and to realize what's really going on and what the system's really trying to do to us is to try to wake people up and educate them. Daryl, do you have um a couple you got a couple minutes, man. Take the floor. What do you what do you think is first and foremost on the agenda right now for the for the Congress and what do you see them doing over the next couple months? Where do you see this gun legislation stuff going? Do you think that Obama's gonna use an executive order? And if he does, what do you think that that's gonna mean to the American people? Uh, well, first they're they already banned the assault rifles. Next, they're gonna want well they want us to register all guns so they can keep a trace and track of them. Next, they're gonna go ahead and request that they take our guns for our protection because they don't want, they don't want our guns to get in the hands of the wrong person because it might get stolen or you might go on a shooting spree because you're you're drugged up on their medication. And after that, you know it's gonna be the control of the med the medicine, then the control of the food, the control of the energy. This is just what they do a repeat in history people as you said it's your job to get out there and you know spread the message whether you're doing a blog or just standing on a street corner with a sign or just talking to to, to everybody that you see everybody that you see you need to go ahead and talk to them see a stranger at the at, at, at the light stop and say hey give them a little bit of information let them know what these people are really doing and explain to them how you go about making change and and stop electing these elitists that can that continue this power 
Right. And it, and you and I, I think that, you know, uh, as far as the people at the end of the Fed protest and guys, check out my um, in the Fed protest. Daryl's in there. I'm in there. Um, It's on my YouTube channel. We are not cattle TV. But um, at the end of Fed protests, I mean, Daryl had somebody come up to him and, and ask him if he voted for Obama just because he's black. And that will just show you the, the stereotypicalness of, of the American public. But it's just everybody. So we have to get out of our comfort zone. You have to actually learn what's going on. And then once you have the knowledge, all this stuff will come crystal clear what we need to do. And 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 registering guns and and banning semi-autos isn't going to solve anything. None of this stuff is going to solve anything. It's just measures to make them grandstand and look better. And believe me, what's going to happen is if they if they get the assault weapons passed or do something like that, then you're going to see more and more violence. And then what's going to happen is they're going to come and say, well, there's more violence, so we need to take more of the guns because that's what's causing the violence. Whether they provocateur it or not, or whether they just cherry-pick little news stories that they can trot out in front of the mind-dead public and say, look, look, this is the problem. Look, more shootings, more problems, you know, more of this. Not any of this stuff like what you were talking to me about and um, what my wife talked to me about, about the, the girl in Georgia that had the people break into her house and she shot the intruder. Now, what were you telling me about today? You sent me a Facebook message. What was all that about? I don't even uh, know if you can elaborate on that or if we've yeah, got that vetted I, I, yet or not. Yes, I'd be more than happy to you know tell the people what happened. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, at my daughter's school, there was a shooting. A guy walked in a playground and you know was shooting at the children. Good thing nobody were hit was hit, but there's absolutely no coverage of that story. Although uh, several of the children's parents filed police reports, there's no official re- report of coming from the school itself, and that is just outrageous. But yeah, one thing I want to bring up earlier is you know NYPD has killed. More people than marijuana. You know, Sean Bell, uh, 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 a shooting back in the, the mid-90s, they shot this guy 41 times. There was another guy that, that sodomized uh, an African guy with a plunger. Our government is running wild, people. We need to end this terror by electing these grassroots candidates. Mm-hmm. Stop going in the ballots and just pressing buttons. That's where we're going wrong. And I mentioned that on my show before because I was kind of guilty of that when I was um, when I was younger. And now I'm starting to see that if you don't make your political, if you don't have your political footprint, or if you don't have your excuse me your your political thumbprint on on life, then eventually you're you're saying that you opt out of of anything. You opt out of any kind of control you have over your life. You're just saying, well, basically somebody else run it for me. And that's the one thing that I didn't get it to in the in the Thomas Sowell book. Um, even in the first couple of chapters, he talks about the difference between free markets, which Ron Paul talks about extensively, and and um, planned you know planned economies like what Russia had. And it always sounds good, guys. Everything will always sounds good. You know, medical you know central planning of medicine sounds good. Central planning of security sounds good. But at the end of the day, there are too many variables. It is best to just leave that stuff to the free market for them to decide. Let private security firms run the TSA. You know, let let private medicine dictate the kind of care in the in the hospital care that you get. He talks about it in a couple of his videos that they talk about, oh yeah, well over in Europe you get free health care. He goes, Yeah, because you're in a freaking gymnasium with fifty thousand or fifty other people. 
Here in America, you get your own private room or you get a semi-private room. I mean, you can't even compare the two, but they like to make it all of these things because, as you said, at the end of the day, the name of the game is control. And who has control? Right now, guys, the monolithic government is the one that's dictating to the people what we can and can't do. And the way that they're doing it, now they're bringing in – I don't know. Daryl, did you check my um, Facebook feed today and see that um, that nice little – that nice little truck they have in Fulton County now with the uh, the black armored tank that they've got. Oh yes, they they've been out there. Like, oh I've yeah, po- yeah. I have a friend that 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 works for the Gwinnett SWAT, and you know he's posted over here in these these pretty little tanks. I'm like, they make it cool to be. Hey, I'm, I'm I work for the government, and I work drive these nice vehicles, and I arrest drug dealers. No, you're arresting the wrong people. You're arresting right. the. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think it's so much that they're arresting the wrong people because if you get, you know, if you get drug dealers off the street, obviously that's going to do some good for people. Well, yeah, of but course. At but the, right, but at the I, I see where you're going. They yeah. they get it, they buy into the fantasy that that it's that it's not. And well, a couple of my friends are cops, man, and they and they're not like. They're not um, what are the, what do they like to call themselves? They like to call it law enforcement. No, you're not law enforcement. You're not law enforcement. You're a peace officer. You're supposed to be there protecting the peace. That's what your job is. You're not there to – and I know it's fun to go bust indoors and stuff like that. And, Daryl, just to give you an idea of the propaganda and how bad it is, have you ever you ever heard of this uh, TV network called G4 TV? Have you ever heard of that? Of course, yes, sir. Okay, so you're a fellow gamer, so you understand. Do you know what the number one show that I see on G4 TV is on almost all the time? What's that? Cops. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Because I love cops. Well, I mean, you gotta, you have to glorify and listen. Not taking anything away from you guys, but understand as police officers, as peace officers, you know, I heard that now they're starting to come out and actually have to tell peace officers that hey, you know, when you when you pull somebody over, you're you're in contract law, and you know they're trying to give them the real breakdown of things that you know. Libertarians and people like myself have known for years. It's like, listen, I'm not. I don't have to own a driver's license to operate a motor vehicle. Motor vehicle, by designation from the Department of Motor Vehicles, is anything that is transported and used as a commercial vehicle. I'm not in a commercial vehicle. I'm a civilian. I have all the right in the world as a sovereign in order to transport myself from one place to another. It's it's you know it's free travel. You don't get to restrict my free travel. But if you opt into the system with the driver's license and the social security, then yes, you fall under contract law. And they're actually having to tell people that, which is to me pretty cool, but also pretty creepy in the fact that now people are starting to go, wait a minute. So, so, um, so I I don't have to give them a ticket for speeding? No, absolutely not. You don't. See, one thing that my brother Carter Kessler ran on is turning traffic citations. From a criminal offense to a civil offense, because why are we treating people like criminals? Because they speed or they run a red light, and if you don't pay their fees, they put you on probation and incarcerate you, which takes you away from you know work, and you can lose your job, which puts you in in more of a of a hardship. Right? Well, you and I both know the answer to that, and the, at the end of the day, the answer is revenue, and and yeah. and, and also at the end of the day, the revenue goes to whom? The revenue goes to the private Federal Reserve. That owns our country, and it's funny that you brought up martial law because I don't know if anybody is anybody knows this, but Alex Jones brings it up on his show from time to time. But you know, we've been under martial law since 1933. Everybody, we've been bankrupt, and we have to declare a new emergency every year, so we are in a perpetual state 
of martial law. So the fact that the free republic exists is a facade, but we can take it back. I mean, once again, as I talk about on the show all the time, America, the United States, is an idea, everyone. And right now, we've lost the idea. We are slowly trending towards social well, – we're already in a fascist regime. I think you and I can both agree with that, fascism meaning that – Government, you know, government in cahoots with with big businesses to form legislation that only benefits them, which is what Russia had, you know, going up until their communist days. So understand that the grass is never greener, and a planned economy and plan, you know, centralized planning never works. People, you're best to just let that be. Let free markets be. You know, release some of these regulations. How about giving some of these government contracts, these no-bid contracts to these middle market companies that could probably do a better job and not waste our government's money so that we can have money to fund other things, so we can have money to really take care of our population, much like you said before, Daryl. Why don't we stop some of these wars and take care of what's going on here at home? That would call you an isolationist or, as they like to refer to as in the early 80s, a, um, a Reaganite. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's what the Republican Party used to be, man. It used to be low taxes, you know, free markets, all that good stuff. And that's why Ron Paul still sits in there because he's like, Well, you know, it sounds good. That's why I've always been a Republican, because their ideologies sound good, but at the end of the day it's always, you know, the status quo. So I think that's going to do it. Daryl, you got any other closing comments for the show before we sign off? I know you got a couple of things on your mind, but just uh, give me one more comment, and then we'll um, we'll sign uh, off. Uh, let me just go ahead and brand myself, I guess. Crip Ron Paul is the YouTube. April 6th is the Atlanta City Music City Liberty Fest. The next End of Fed rally for the End of Fed 2012, I guess, how should I phrase it, movement is mm-hmm. February 16th. So, you know, go to endoffed2012.com. February 16th is that next event. Check us out. Yeah, and you can also check my website. I'll be putting up. I'll be putting up reminders to that. I will be putting up. I might actually change my um on my website. I might change that to the uh, to the countdown. I might do the countdown to the end the Fed rally. So we'll do that. But um you know I'll be I'll be advertising those things. So if you guys didn't catch those dates or write them down, I will um I'll be you know reiterating those as we get closer to those dates. If you live near the Atlanta area. Or if you live, uh, you know, Tennessee or something like that, come on down, man. Let's fight for some liberty. Let's get some free markets back in this country. Let's kick the crony capitalists out. Let's kick the big government Republicans out. And let's get back to what this country was founded on. And that's limited government and we the people. Remember, it was a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And I think that I am trying to find my exit audio here, and I really lost it. So you got to give me one second here, everybody. Sorry, this isn't a smooth transition, but once again, this is not my day job. This is just this is just something of a passion. So we just got to kind of roll with it. And um, oh, I do have a Paul Harvey clip that I got to play one of these days. So, cool. man, I really cannot find this exit audio, y'all. Oh, here it is. So, all right, sorry for everybody, but you know what? There's a reason that I have this exit audio, and I have to play it every time because this is what it's all about, man. All right, so that's it for the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. Love liberty, get a friend, get informed, and get involved. And remember, what is it, Crip for Ron Paul? Is that it? Yes, sir. Crip for Ron Paul on YouTube and my YouTube channel, We Are Not Cattle TV. We Are Not Cattle.net is the website. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace.